the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. Now, your host, Pastor Rick. Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell will be filling in for Pastor Rick today, and they will be with you shortly. In the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Tigers defeated the San Francisco Giants 3-2 this past Wednesday. Javier Baez was plated on a sacrifice fly off the bat of Miguel Cabrera in the fourth inning, and Eric Haas belted a two-run homer to plate Baez two innings later. Ronnie Garcia earned his third win of the season after allowing one run on four hits in five innings of work. After Andrew Chafin pitched a scoreless sixth inning, Alex Lang allowed Tommy LaStella to score before he was replaced by Michael Fulmer, who had to deal with a bases-loaded conundrum with two outs in the seventh inning before striking out Austin Slater. Fulmer's Houdini act was followed by Gregory Soto's perfect ninth inning that earned him his 15th save of the season. Now here's today's Moment of Clarity hosts, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Well, thanks, Derek. Appreciate that. Uh, Pastor Rick, oh, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, Derek has a show called Stone Cold Sports. We can hear more of this take on sports on Sunday afternoons at uh, 1230 every afternoon. So uh, every Sunday afternoon, that is. So when you're done with church, listen to Derek. Can't do worse. Better. Can't do better. You could do worse. Something like that. (laughs) We all know what I meant. Sorry, Derek. So live radio. So uh, Pastor Rick called me and he had some unforeseen, unfortunate circumstances that occurred at the last minute. So I don't think he'll be contributing to this show. That's my story. Derek, strike the colors. Hoist the Jolly Roger. Your American heritage commands this vessel. Arr, matey. Two-hour show. Uh, Not really, but we'll see what's going on. Uh, So, of course, once again, joining me today, co-host Phil Stargell, also the host of uh, Abolitionist Roundtables at 9 o'clock every Saturday morning. Check it out. It's always good between he and Bruce Fleury and sometimes Ron, uh, Ron Edwards, the Ron Edwards. The Ron Edwards. Oh, the Ron Edwards. And then Milt calls in. He never calls my show, but then Milt calls in, and he's always (laughs) got something good. So uh, speaking of calling in, because of the – short notice with which we had to prepare a show. Uh, And I'm thinking that basically the dog ate Rick's homework and that's why he foisted it off on us. Uh, The number here is 734-822-1600. Now, primarily, I was hoping we could talk about what you're going to do to celebrate our independence and our freedom. Uh, What do you got planned? You're going to any parades? Can you recommend a good parade, a good community gathering uh, that you know of that's patriotic and celebrates celebrates our independence? And that means it's, it celebrates our independence from Great Britain, but also our independence from government overreach and overrule, which is what Britain represented. Um, you know, 
it's kind of interesting. The first, what I refer to as, and I'm probably out on a limb here by myself, what I refer to as the first civil war uh, occurred because of the British overreach in North America. And I have friends who will tell me, because they lived in Great Britain and they see the other side, well, you know, they had to they had to tax somebody to support the defense of the colonies against the Indians and against the French and against the Spanish. But, you know, I mean, I guess our people wanted a little more say in how that money was spent and actually wanted to be able to uh, maintain their own liberties, which were being encroached more and more. So actually, this first war started out at Lexington and Concord. And the way that it happened was, was that the uh, British actually wanted to uh, take the weaponry. And I'm talking cannons. We're not talking about some muskets here. We're talking about cannons, gunpowder, shot. They wanted to take them from the stores of the militia, the public militia at Lexington. And this is where, of course, um, uh, the famous right of Paul Revere came in, where the warning was come how the British were going to arrive. And actually, they didn't say the British <laughs> because they were all British, right? It was the regulars or the military were coming. And uh, so he went and, and he gave warning to everybody. And I believe there was a doctor who was hiding Thomas Jefferson at that time because he was under threat of arrest. So they wanted to warn everybody, stay low. And uh, if you know the story better than I do, you want to correct me, feel free to call in 734-822-1600. The best I can do is read my notes from uh, from Bill Federer's page, AmericanMinute.com. So there's a battle at Lexington, and we actually, they actually fended off the British and thus started the, the war against the British. That was the first battle against the British, and it was a year before. Independence Day, July 4th, 1776. Phil, you got any comments on any of that? Uh, just um, do, do they don't go into that depth into the public schools. You have to mm. look look for that information. And 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 this is the the uh, the the reason why everybody should be questioning. What is being just what is being taught to, to your, your students? There's so much that was left out. This is the beginning of the greatest country ever to, to live on the face of this earth. And and there is uh, ambiguous uh, as people are, you know, not they're not particularly sure how those events came about. And, and uh, this tells you that there were good reason for the, the colonies to object to rule from someone that was not involved in the everyday life. And this is a case of government telling you that they know more about your situation than, they, than you do. This is the, the greatness of the concept of the freedoms that we are looking forward to using for the rest of our lives on this 4th of July. We better be fighting like the devil to, to maintain what we got and increase the liberty aspect of it. Yeah, you know, we, we uh, you're absolutely right. They don't teach this stuff in high school. And interestingly enough, you have the uh, 
uh, installed president of the United States who can get up in public and say, oh, America has never had the right to a cannon. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Clearly, the British were coming to take their cannons. They kind of felt the same way as as uh, as Biden does. You don't have a right to a cannon, and yet they felt they had a right to the cannon. They actually own the cannon. You know what I found interesting in reading about this was that one of the battles was at a place called Newmarket. One of the struggles was there, and there was a guy, one of the patriots there. His name was Cheswell. And uh, what's his first name? Cheswell basically was a black man. And he was he had all these different offices in the town of uh, Newmarket. He was a local leader and quite influential. And he was a black guy, you know, racist, colonial America, you know, <laughs> black guy. <laughs> Can you relate to the term black guy? I know I know I can because I was born a poor black child. So I, I find that impressive. So, um, yeah, well, that's, so that's what that, that's how I refer to myself and 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 my fellow Black Americans, Black Americans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, anyway, so so the British are marching and they go into Lexington and they start this battle going. And this is like I said, this actually launched the uh, Revolutionary War, where American citizens, British citizens, I should say. Tories versus Patriots, it really was a civil war because one town might be Tory and the next town might be a Patriot, but it wasn't like North and South. It was pretty much like we are today, geographical region against geographical region. It might be this city and that city in the same state, or it it wasn't a Mason-Dixon line that uh, was begging to be crossed one way or the other. So we find ourselves in a similar situation today. The, the shooting has started in some cities, but I wouldn't call it a full-scale uh, battle, so to speak. Although I was listening to Fox News this morning and somebody said, uh, you don't think this is a war zone? People are wearing ballistic <laughs> armor. And they're carrying, oh, yeah, right? They're carrying weapons, they're wearing helmets, and you don't think this is a battle? So maybe the battle lines have been drawn already. It's just yeah, not in a city near us yet. Yeah. So, but so they, were, um, they had been drawn in in eighteen in eighteen seventy four. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, then it went on. You know the uh, the battle, the struggle went on, and of course we. We overcame, we, you know, defeated the British with the help of the French of all things. And so we became a sovereign nation. But then we went from there and we had to figure out, well, of course, we had the Declaration of Independence and it cited out our demands and, and our rights and our grievances against this overreaching government that was over-involving itself in our lives and, and pulling back our rights from us that were God-given rights, and so you've got the uh, you've got the Declaration of Independence is signed, and then it becomes like the preamble. There is a preamble to the Constitution, but there is a it becomes the guiding document towards later when the Constitution is written, and the Bill of Rights are signed, uh, enacted. You know the First Amendments to the Constitution that enshrine our rights from God, the very rights that the British were trying to take away. You talk about historical, 
a lot of people don't know that a lot of the Bill of Rights were based on the activity of what the British had done to us. They had tried to disarm. They, they didn't let anybody have a gun in Boston for a while. And I think that's why our founding father says, maybe we should be putting something in there about keeping guns, huh? They were quartering soldiers in houses. Exactly you right. Know? Yeah. yeah. And they put so, that in there because of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take a break from talking, and I'm going to let uh, uh, Joe from Wyandotte change the subject. Let's see how he does. <laughs> I am not doing much of anything this fourth. I always used to like to buy at least a few firework items, but with the cost of everything being up so high this year, mm-hmm. plus I put a lot of money into promoting my book, of course. So I'll be passing on that. Excuse me. The wind up. Did you write parade, a book? It, Joe? Yeah. Did you write a book? What's the title of the book? The title of my book is Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. And it's right up the line where I want to go with the Fourth of July parade thing too. As uh, it's not just about foreign terrorists who hate and want to destroy America. It's about U.S. fascocrats who also hate and are destroying our country from within. So it's a perfect Fourth of July book. <laughs> but Wind Up Parade is at 10 a.m. on uh, Monday if people want to come down and check that out. The one thing I do do every Fourth of July is rewatch. An American Carol. You know that movie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I got it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And if anybody hasn't seen it, it's based on the spin of A Christmas Carol. Spirits come meet an anti-American Democrat. <laughs> and uh, more. Who is trying to eliminate the 4th of July holiday because he hates America. So... I mean, it's perfect to go along with all your Democrat friends. Maybe you could sit them down to watch an entertaining comedic movie, and you might reach them with the storyline. I don't have any Democratic leftist (laughs) friends. Not anymore, right? Yeah. (laughs) I have a couple of relatives, but they don't talk to me, so it's... Not it's, issue. it's hard to reach them too. They they're out on the island by themselves. As far as uh, is uh, being aware, really aware, they're too far woke. That is a good. That is a good movie. I wonder if it's still available on Prime or anything right now. Like I said, I got the DVD, so I can watch it pretty much. I probably will pull it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I like that movie. Oh, oh those were the guys. That did the airplane series, right? Yes, Leslie Nielsen is even in American Carol. Yeah, it, it, Zemeckis, who also did, uh, uh, did he do Back to the Future? <laughs> I'm I, he may the have, but I know he did the airplane right movies. Now. I think it's he got, did Chicken Fried uh, Movie or something like the Kentucky Fried Movie. And, um, oh, um, 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 who's the famous uh, actor who... Played a psychiatrist on air. He's in it too. Yes, you know I'm not Zemeckis. It's David Zucker, the director of the Naked Gun and oh, yeah. Airplane movies. Yeah, it's got Kevin Farley, who plays kind of a Michael Moore character. 
hates America, mm-hmm. wants to tear America down and eliminate the Fourth of July ho- holiday. Kelsey Grammer, Leslie yes, Nielsen, yeah. Trace Atkins, even Dennis Hopper, the ultra liberal he is, Whoa. chose to make fun of kind of himself and his own side. Plays a judge in the movie. James Wood, Robert Davi. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Aaron, David Allen Greer, and John Vite. So a star-studded cast. And you, you just sold me to watch YouTube, that movie I again. Cheap. I was thinking about it, but now I'm sold. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Love you, brothers. Take care. God bless. Joe? Joe? Yeah? Can you name this tune? Can you tell me what? This is a movie we watch every 4th of July, every Independence Day holiday. <laughs> So, Joe, do you know what movie that's from? Uh, not offhand, but I guess I would guess Yankee Doodle Dandy. Bingo! We have a winner. We don't have to have a call-in contest. <laughs> Good nail it. I thought yeah. that Starring might Jimmy be, Cagney but yeah, George Cohen, Jimmy Cagney is George Cohen, movie, right? Yeah. Pardon me? That's James Cagney plays uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy, right? Yep, plays George Cohen, the famous patriotic uh, songwriter. Yep, guy who who really loved America and 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 wrote about it. So, yep. Well, Joe, thanks for calling today. All right, love you, brother. Take care. God bless. Alrighty. Yeah, we watched that movie. It's a it's a great patriotic movie to watch. Um, I've seen it a little many gung-ho. times, but uh, but uh, I, I I knew that that it was Jim McCagney, but I couldn't think of what the. Uh, I picked but, the one clip of song, song uh, clip of the sound where you don't hear his voice as a giveaway too, and I yeah. I just realized it as we were listening to it. There's another part in there where he's telling kids about the uh, the flag, describing the flag and the colors of the flag, but uh, yeah. it got a little bit long, and so it's it's well worth it. Really love it. So yeah. Oh, don't make so, them like that no more. Yeah. So Joe said that. Wyandotte, 10 a.m., they're having a, having an event, a patriotic event. Folks, if there's a local event in your town and you want to promote it, you want to encourage other people to join, I really like it when you go to a 4th of July 
parade in your town to display your patriotism. I went to one in Ipsy a couple years ago with Sherry before COVID when they had one. Uh, I was really surprised that Antifa was marching in that parade, flying Antifa flags. I had my hand on my gun, but nothing happened. So they behaved themselves. But uh, it's America. They have the right to do that, yes, you know? Yes. They just don't have the right to tear things down or threaten to punch me in the face. So, yes, well, God bless uh, America. The thing is that they are responsible for taking away enough free speech. You know, if you say certain things, you can get what they call it, uh, Uh, canceled or you can be i mean just your reputation can be ruined and you can lose uh your livelihood and like the like the founding fathers said our our treasure and and uh you know oh yeah they they they, uh go ahead well but that's what the founding fathers said our, our 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 uh our, our life and liberty and our treasure um, and 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 that's what you what the uh, antifa groups will do when they take away your your right to, to free speech I mean that is a uh, people uh, are willing to give that up but they better be fighting like heck to, to do it because if they take that the next thing you you won't be able to defend yourself so Better, better hold on to it while you can this this holiday. Yeah, I, I forget the exact words of the pledge that they made. We pledge our our fortunes, our 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 lives to the cause. Basically, yeah. that was the pledge. Yeah. And there were fifty six signers of the declaration. That uh, eleven of them had their homes destroyed. Five were hunted and captured. Yeah. Seventeen served in the military, and nine died during the war. And. Uh, you know, I remember this one guy, forget exactly who it was, but uh, the enemy had his house. They were headquartered in his house. Yeah, yeah. And he says, okay, uh, let me call in the coordinates. <laughs> he called in, you know, talk about calling in the coordinates, close close fire. Yeah, shell my house and everything that's in it. Just yeah. kill those guys, you know. So um, the father, founding fathers were some brilliant guys to put this stuff together. And then Joe Biden comes up and says, you didn't have a right to have a cannon. I mean, <laughs> so. You know, I had Bill Federer on on my show a couple, three weeks ago, and we were talking about um, gun control. And he was talking about, he has this whole PDF on it, on his had it on his website, and about how it's the Democrats who have done gun control, Democrats who have done gun control, repeatedly, and it was always to disarm blacks. It was always so that uh, blacks were not allowed to have a gun. And yet he pointed out that one of the guys fighting an aide to George Washington was a black man, and he was a free man. And he's actually painted in the painting of the crossing of the Delaware. You can see him in there. And it said that George Washington, after the war, gave him his own cannon. (laughs) <laughs> every independence day after he the died. war his family would blow off that cannon in celebration <laughs> yeah. you know i yeah. mean yeah racist america my yeah. goodness you bunch of morons it's radio how far can i push this yeah. <laughs> well 
the only thing I say is that that um, we were given some great rights in the Constitution, and we better protect them because that's what the oath says: protect the. That's right. And that's and, right. And and the thing is that so many people seem to be willing to give up those precious God-given rights in order to, it, it, uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, uh, he who gives up uh, uh, his gun for safety is worthy of neither. Let's, let's talk about it after the break. Folks, yeah. come on back after the break. Moment of clarity. your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on WHAM. Pastor Rick is not hosting today's program. Instead, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell will be the main hosts. They will be with you shortly, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Ninety years ago today on Independence Day, the Detroit Tigers defeated the St. Louis Browns 12-7. Charlie Geringer blasted a double to plate Vic Sorrell and Harry Davis, Heine Schubel crushed a double to send home G. Walker and singled to score Earl Webb. Ray Hayworth singled to plate Schubel and hit a sacrifice fly to send home Walker. Vic Sorrell singled to score G. Walker and Billy Rogel. Davis singled to plate Hayworth. Walker belted a triple to send home John Stone. Rogel scored on an error by Johnny Schulte, and Geringer was plated on a wild pitch by Wally Hebert to give those in attendance at Navin Field, later known as Tiger Stadium, a reason to celebrate on America's birthday. Now here's today's Moment of Clarity hosts, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Yes, a reason to celebrate... Independence Day by winning a baseball game. I like that. There's nothing more American than what is it? Uh, American pie, you know, apple pie, mom, and baseball. Baseball. <laughs> yep. Even though we import everybody from Cuba to play it, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's not so much anymore, right? Derek, what would you say the preponderance of our players' national origin is? Dominican Republic? Yeah, it's. I'm not sure what the exact breakdown is, but the, there are there is a bit huge South Af, South American contingent in Major League Baseball spread out from Venezuela, Dominican Republic. So yeah, it, it's a wide variety. As long as they come here legally, I'm fine with that. Thank you. All right. So Phil, you were talking about that quote from Ben Franklin about people who uh, seek security at the expense of Liberty deserve neither. Was neither. that one you were thinking of? Yeah. And Did you want we we got all of these these uh, these sayings and things like that 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 warn us of the value of the liberties that we take for granted because we we uh, forget that the Constitution is there to protect us. What the leftists in this country want to do is to take the constitutional uh, rule out of 
politics and put us in to uh, maybe a parliamentary type democracy. Uh, if that's what would be what if they pack the court, if they if they pack the court, then the then the the, the court officers would be in the business of writing law or editing law. Then it's the same thing because they're going to do it on a political uh, basis to, if you're in power, then the majority rule will keep you in power. And that's what they, in my estimation, are after. 200 well, years know, of, of one party rule. You know, they've got these, uh, I'm not a fan of open primaries, but they've even carried that a step further where they've got what they call the jungle primary. That sounds really democratic, <laughs> huh? The jungle primary. Well, that's yeah. just that's just all kinds of liberty. Jungle, you know, the rule of the jungle. Yeah. And that's where basically you you rank candidates so you can have two Democrat candidates on the they do it in California on the ballot for governor. Um, exactly. And Republican doesn't even get a chance because yeah. they both came in with votes ahead of the Republicans. So there's no freedom of choice there. It's yeah. just, you know, Sounds like that's a, way a, a Joe Biden uh, uh, type of, uh, of uh, event. You know, he likes to make reference to the jungle, you know. When yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that when you said that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a racist notion on his part, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, goodness! I would. I mean, if there were no, if he didn't have so many double standards, he'd have no standards at all, right? <laughs> None whatsoever. Man, so, so we left the first war of independence, the war of independence, the first civil war, as I as I refer to it, and I doubt I'll get the rest of the country to go along. The first civil war, and then we went to the second civil war, and that was basically to enforce some rights that weren't really being addressed in the Constitution, basically because of two states. Uh, was it South Carolina and Georgia mm. that would not ratify the uh, the uh, Constitution, or I'm sorry, yeah, the Constitution, if there was a reference to slavery in there that was detrimental to slavery. Yeah. So it was kind of like, worked around so that we had the unity to do this and then then you know let the festivities begin because it, it just got battled over the next oh 50 60 years until we actually got to the civil war and a, a fight that i i always found it interesting because we find ourselves in a situation today where as constitutionalists we want to see states' rights, which is exactly what the U.S. Supreme Court has been giving us, right? Yeah, yeah. Take this away. Take the abortion decision away from the feds and give it to the states. And it's the left that wants to give more power to the federal government. But in that case, states' rights meant the rights to own slaves, exactly which was— right. Well, one of the big civil rights issues. So the determination was, well, are are Negroes really humans? Yeah. You know, pretty yeah. much like are fetuses really humans? That's right. So we see that same kind of dynamic still going on over 100 years later. 
And and yet the whole focus is from states' rights defending people's rights in, in you know present day to back then states' rights was a bad thing because it was you know symbolic of pro-slavery, unfortunately. And so you've got people that say Lincoln destroyed destroyed the republic, that we cease to have a republic because of what Lincoln did to strengthen the federal government in order to quash the rebellion in the South. Yeah, and in later years, uh, the uh, issue of states' rights came very to the forefront in the civil rights movement. This is why uh, so many Black Americans say that they switched to the Democrat Party because of civil rights that were pushed by the Democrats in the 1964. But those same rights, uh, civil rights, were uh, denied several times in the 40s by the same guy, Lyndon Johnson, that passed it. Johnson was the speaker, I mean, not the speaker, but the majority leader of the Senate. He filibustered the the legislation for who knows how long and it never got to take a chance to take a vote but when johnson got to be the president he took the lead from kennedy and pushed for civil rights and that's the rest is history they, they why say, why did he do that why he had he had a famous phrase I can't quote on the air, but why did he do that? Oh, so we'd have those N words voting for us for what a thousand two, years, a hundred years, two hundred years. years, yeah. Every so Democrat troop for two hundred years. Meanwhile, in the South, you've got Bull Connor and his whole all oh, the KKK, which is the armed wing of the Democratic Party, killing, lynching black folk and. Yep. How that party ever became the party of civil rights and the party of black liberation is just utterly beyond me, except that I think the Black Liberation Front, which are really communists, allied themselves with it and became a face of it, similar to where Antifa is the armed wing of the Democratic Party yeah. today. Yeah. Wow. That's, so the thing about it is uh, when, you, when you hear people say that... Um, that they don't like racism, that they hate racism, and they hate racist people. It's not a new, new, uh, a new subject. This goes back to after slavery was over, after Lincoln freed the slaves and all of that. It's been about one thing: controlling the vote and the numbers. And today's abortion is accomplishing that purpose. I see no more, no bigger advocate for abortion than black females. And I call it abortion. Instead of abortion, I call it genocide because we yeah. are going extinct in this country. And that's, yeah. that's the, the look at the numbers, all you have to do. There's two ways of getting political, political power. One is to be a multimillionaire and found Facebook and a couple other things, you know. And mm -hmm. the the other way is to have numbers in the population. And if your numbers, your voter, you know, the voter base you can provide is dwindling, then you become marginal, which is why the Democrats 
were kind of abandoning the blacks to some degree and going after the Mexican the Latino, you know, vote only to find well, that they're losing it to people who say, huh? I know what a man is. I know what a woman is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I couldn't say that in Spanish, but yeah, I know what and, an hombre is. I know. Yeah. What <laughs> but but they also know what a, a, a human baby is. I mean, they, they're, yes. they're telling you now that that this child doesn't have any status as a human. That child in the womb, that unborn child, and you and nobody else on the face of this earth in America has his life forfeit at at uh, somebody else's behest. Everybody gets a trial and a jury to de determine whether or not you can take his life. Not so with that uh, that fetus in there or that baby in there. And. Okay. I didn't want to finish off the discussion of the Civil War and how we got to where we are, but we are talking abortion, and you brought up something about the Hippocratic Oath. Yes. The original Hippocratic Oath versus the revised version. Now, the question that I have is, did the doctors go by this, and did they actually uh, adhere to it? Because what it says is, I swear by Apollo, the physician of and Asclepius and Hygieia and, and Panacea. This is the first part of the Hippocratic. And all skip of the, to guys the that, skip to the good part. Yes, skip <laughs> to the good part. According to my ability and judgment, I will keep this oath and this contact. Further say to hold him who taught me this art equally dear to me as my parents, to be a partner in life with him and to fulfill his needs when required to look upon his offspring as equals to my own sibling, then teach them this art. If they shall wish to learn it without fear of contract and backed by the set rules, lectures, and every other mode of instruction, I will impart a knowledge of the art to my own sons and those of my teachers and my students bound by this contract, having sworn this oath to the law of medicine. I will use these dietary regimens, which will benefit my patients according to the greatest ability and judgment. I will do no harm or injustice to them. I will not give a lethal drug to anyone if I am asked, nor will I advise such a plan. And similarly, I will not give a woman a pesari to cause an abortion. Yep, That's my version says, moreover, I will give no sort of medicine to any pregnant woman with a view to destroy the child. That was the original Hippocratic Oath. And when you asked me to look up the Hippocratic Oath, I could find nothing like that in it because the revised version that came out in 1964 cut that out entirely, right? Right. So the thing is, were the doctors taking this? When did they abandon this oath? 1964. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's my point. I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry to any good doctors listening right now. That's like they're good cops, they're bad cops. I don't revere every cop that I see. I wonder about every cop that I see. But I give them generally give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. I have no idea whether that's the goon that's going to bust in my door to arrest me 
without a warrant when he's told to do it, okay? And the same with doctors. I don't trust all doctors. I, I don't. I had a doctor that talked to me for 45 minutes about me getting the injection before we ever got around to talking about my busted knee, which was why I was there. And he just went all left wing, anti-Trump. It was just, I don't, I don't have to sit here and listen to all this right now. Can we talk about my knee? 45 minutes. Wow. And of course, we had on uh, um, Stacy Ograevich, she had her husband, and I misspelled, mispronounced her name. She had her husband in Beaumont Hospital, and the doctor said, well, I'd like to give your husband the ivermectin. We saw it working. We saw him coming around, but now I can't or I'll lose my job. Mm -hmm. And her husband died. Wow. And so it's like, whoa, 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 do no harm or cut a paycheck. And we yes. find that a lot of people are more willing to work for the paycheck than to be duty-bound and honor-bound. Yes, yes. That's why I'm saying, when did they... When did they abandon this oath? And what oath are they taking today? 1964. Well, that's the date of the revised Hippocratic Oath, uh -huh. you know. Before we go much further down there and take this phone call that's coming in from Walter, which will be really distracting, I just wanted to mention that today is also the celebration of the Battle of Gettysburg, which was the turning point of the Civil War. That was the that was the defining moment of the Civil War as far as the direction of which way the war would go and who would prevail. And so when we see when we want to see the 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 uh, forces, the anti-slavery forces win and and freedom restored to the black population in this country, the Battle of Gettysburg was it. And uh, I found it interesting. I was reading about Lincoln himself, Lincoln. He started to take over the direction. He couldn't trust his generals. I think we find this in almost every war we enter. And this, I'm going to digress a little bit here. But I know this was true in World War II. I'm not sure about World War I. It was certainly true in the Civil War where we go to war and we, found out that, we find out that our military establishment, the people in charge are a bunch of posers, a bunch of yes men. Yeah. A bunch of people who didn't understand the value of aircraft carriers, submarines, guys who just were stuck in the past and were just used to being in the good old boys club. And I know that at the beginning of World War II, half the officer corps was discovered to be unfit. And that's when they started moving people up the ranks. Yeah. That's what happened. It's what happened yeah. in the Civil War. We got into the Civil War and the Union generals were all sticks in the mud and like like uh, Lincoln famously said about Grant, he's this, he's that, but my God, he fights. He did. Right? <laughs> and right now we have a woke, we have a woke generation. I was just reading uh, an article by these, uh, co-authored by these three generals in the three different military services pointed at the West Point Academy leadership and the current military leadership and say, what are you doing? You're teaching you know, CRT, you're teaching wokeness. You should yeah. be teaching people how to kill people. That's, That's right. your job. Kill break people, stuff, break yeah. things, yeah. you know. But Gettysburg was the turning point, and we celebrate. It was a meat grinder. And, of course, we get Gettysburg's address, which is phenomenal. I'm not going to read that at the moment. But, Gettys, you know, his Gettysburg address was the, the 
One of the most inspiring things I've ever read at the, certainly read it when I read it at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., and to hear it and talk about this, this nation. And, you know, he said, we're paying a sin. We're paying a price, rather, for our sins. We're paying the price for our sins because of the blood that was taken from the backs of the Negro population. Speaking yeah. of Negro population, we have... Can I say that without going to jail? We have Walter on the phone. I <laughs> found out that Walter's black. Did you know that? <laughs> no, no, no. I That's didn't right. know that. That's right. But anyway, thanks for the, the, thanks for the, thanks for the <laughs> intro there, Ed. The, the black attack is back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bible clinging, right? Bible clinging, right wing and humdinging, gunslinging, Negro. Yeah. <laughs> Did you call Trigger Talk today? Huh? Do you listen to Trigger Talk? Uh, I caught the tail end of it. I was doing some other things, waiting on you guys to come on. There uh, was a call out to you to call in. Why doesn't Walter like me? Why doesn't he ever call my show? (laughs) If he said that, I'll start calling it. Oh, man. Oh, that's a compliment. Oh, he's going to hate what he asked for. Okay, go ahead. I like Okay, we're going to, you tell us talking about all this patriotic stuff, all this uh, Declaration of Independence, all our Constitution amendments and all that and above, and uh, and it's only you guys qualify to say that. Um, no Democrat has, uh, has the uh, qualification of even uttering half of what you guys said. We know that because they show sure about their actions, their anti-Americanism. But uh, speaking of Hippocratic Oath, why don't we just uh, uh, come up with another oath, call it the Democrat Hypocrite Oath. Every time they make promises and swear on this, swear on the Bible, they get sworn in uh, for an, on inauguration day on the Bible. They get sworn in in the Senate. I mean, Congress and all of those phony, uh, all those phony oaths and uh, promises made, promises not kept. We'll just start calling like Joe Biden. Reason I said hypocrite oath. What did he promise to do on inauguration day? Then he promised to unify us, to get uh, to free us from <laughs> slavery to Trump. And all that freedom we had under Trump, but he felt he thought he was just like Obama, flowery phrases, flowery words. He's going to divide the sea, going to heal the oceans with his magic potions and just by speeches alone. And what happened as a result of him, Joe Biden making that, that fatal promise that he never meant in the first place. So in the minute the words that he probably read from somebody else that wrote a speech, unity, peace and harmony. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Did it ever happen under Joe Obama? No. Also, you mentioned about, uh, I'm going to say something. You talk, the Democrat Party, as we guys already know, they're racist, right? They're the original Ku Klux Klan, the slave masters and all that. You know, you you talk to the average news media uh, Democrat supporter or just the actors, actresses, and all the rest of them in Holly Follyhood, not Hollywood. You know they love to uh, when they uh, they can slip the, the N word in. You have never you never heard it from this point of view, but you're gonna you're gonna hear it from me. That's how they can slip their racism in in subtle ways. You ever you ever you ever realized that before? <laughs> no, I didn't. But Walter, can I play something for you real quick? Oh, do it, do it, do it. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. To hear the lamentation of the women. Yes, yes. <laughs> you were expecting something else, weren't you? Yeah, that 
If you have a problem we'll figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Now that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that takes the hinges off the outhouse door. <laughs> hey, boy, let, me, let, me, let me throw this in real quick. In, spite, in yeah. light of what you guys have been saying, why did 15 or 16 Republicans who know about all of these freedoms and, and our founding forefathers, why did they compromise with the Democrats again on gun law changes? Why did they do it? Hey, Walter, huh? we got one minute left, and I want to answer that. I heard a good good excuse for that, that uh, the turtle felt that uh, the this would be overturned by Congress. It wasn't a big, I mean, by the court, it wasn't a big deal, and it get them the votes of the uh, suburbans. But thanks for calling, Walter. Uh, we've got to go. The music's going to start any second now if it hasn't started already. We've been joined today with Phil Stargell, host of Abolitionist Roundtable. And folks, stay tuned for your American heritage and come back next week for your uh, rather moment of clarity with Pastor Richard Dietering. God bless America and America bless God. You've been listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600. With your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio, 24-7.